0: You're listening to WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, WBAI.org online. It's Earth Mom, it's Morning Eclectic, it's Saturday, and I am with my upcoming guest, Carrie Lake. My guest, Carrie Lake, writes, facilitates, and speaks to assist and accelerate you to embody your unique creative essence. Based in San Francisco Bay Area, she travels to facilitate a new paradigm in, of relationships in all aspects of life. Her website is kerrylake.com, and her website is full of information and resources. One of Carrie's quotes is, show others kindness so they remember how it feels, and they're less afraid to use it. And I so want to speak of that, but before I do, welcome, Kerry Lake. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to play with people who are dancing and just sharing their hearts. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that. So we're going to talk a little bit about your book, Listen Like a
0: Horse, Relationships Without Dominance, which is excellent. And on one hand, we could just stay talking about horses, but you go so much infinitely farther out than that. Um, and perhaps we can just start with this quote from you about show others kindness so they remember how it feels and they're less afraid to use it. Doggone, is that ever true?
1: <laughs> no kidding. Huh. You know, I talk about the horses because in, in playing with horses is how I remembered how to be kind to myself because horses respond, um, they, they'll pull away when we are hard on ourselves. And we might look at them and say, oh, that horse has bad behavior when on the inside I'm sitting here going, oh, man, I can't get this right. And why doesn't this horse just do what I want? And if it only had been this way and, and we the repetitive thinking that humans do creates an energetic field that can actually push away the kindness that we think we're looking for or trying to generate. So. When I, it's, it's horses that helped me remember how to feel kindness in myself because when I did, they would come closer. So it, that quote is, it's so multidimensional from playing with animals, but it's very much speaking to my relationship with myself and remembering how to feel kindness myself
0: Oh, that is so huge.
1: Yeah, the biggest
0: thing I got from reading this book was the interaction with the horses, how they are non-judgmental. but then bringing that in human terms with, with ourselves and also, pardon me, with our relations with others and... uh The other word that really rung out as I was reading this book, and it's a word that's been on my mind heavily for the past six to eight months, that word is authenticity. Mm. The horses have it, don't they? And they can teach us.
1: When we're listening. When we're listening. See, this is the big difference between the animal kingdom and humanity is the animals have never had the opportunity to go against their own nature. Mm. Judgment, this ability to judge good or bad, right or wrong, just purely from an analytical assessment, that's uniquely human. Animals are not judging this is good and that's bad. They're saying, here's what works and here's what doesn't. They'll say, I'm going in this direction, but not those directions. It's humans that put the judgment of the, the polarity, good, bad, right, wrong on things. And through that polarity, we can judge that something is good, even if it goes against our nature. For example, you know, eating massive amounts of, of one food, we can say, oh, this is good or, or forcing myself into a particular kind of diet because I read that it's good when maybe my body is totally rebelling and giving me rashes and other signals. My judgment as a human can say, oh, this is good. And therefore I'm going to do it. And it's just my body's problem that my body can't get with the program, right? When the body is saying, no, this is really not working. And yeah. animals, have nev- they they don't have that same kind of consciousness. They don't have... The capacity to go against their true nature. They will always be communicating. Here's how it feels to be me in this situation. And as people, we call that authenticity.
0: Yeah. And I, I see it in people. I've seen it and felt it in people that have like ridden out really difficult lifetimes or, or difficult years of difficult situations, but they were always their authentic self. And, sure. um, speaking for me I mean it's always the intention to be my authentic self and not be someone else but I I clearly know I'm not always I'm afraid to be uh, don't want to put this one off or seemingly hurt that one but how how do you do it how do you get to that place of authenticity
1: I think it comes down to really realizing what is my real priority in life and, and having the courage to be so honest with yourself that you let yourself recognize, you know, if I'm making choices so that somebody else has a particular thought about me or if I'm making choices because of an agenda for a particular outcome that I think is, is what I want, is that actually who I am, or am I building? A, am I building on some plan based on what other people think? the The way to truly be authentic is to explore these things for yourself and give yourself the freedom to recognize when you have an agenda when you're trying to manipulate for a particular outcome. And let's not judge that I have a particular agenda. Let's just realize, okay, there's an agenda that says, I want to go up the corporate ladder, for example, Mm -hmm. or I want my spouse to make this decision. Let's just be honest and call that an agenda and just say, okay, great. If you want to explore it, you just start asking, why do I have this agenda? What will I gain from it? And in exploring what's truly important to you, when you're really willing to do that, you can actually start to feel your, your body. You start to feel what it feels like to chase an agenda and then what it feels like to simply do what works in your heart. You, so many people are unfamiliar with how it feels to not chase an agenda. So many, how many people get anxiety just sitting still for 10 minutes and not running around like they're crazy people, Mm -hmm. you know? And and that's how conditioned we've become to be seeking and fulfilling agendas. And again, let's not judge this word agenda. It gets a bad rap. All it is, all it means is you've, you've got a plan.
0: Yeah, I mean like an intention to climb the corporate ladder To do better at work, to be successful. It's not necessarily bad or evil.
1: Exactly. And that's the judgment. Take the judgment out of it, and you can more clearly see the agenda you've been following. Once you're willing to see the agenda you've been following, right there, boom, you have freedom to keep going in that direction or create something new. And the more you're willing to feel what that agenda feels like, or what relaxation feels like, or what your genuine heart feels like in your body, then you get to start navigating based on your body communicating, oh yes, this is what works. Or holy smokes, that feels like anxiety. <laughs> and and you, we all have the freedom to go in the direction of what works based on our body communicating, yes, this is what works for me. And the more we organize our awareness that way, we're actually functioning closer to the way animals do in that purely authentic way of moving through life, because the priority is the integration of my awareness with my body's wisdom, guiding me into my next steps. And, you know, it just takes a little bit of experience functioning that way to to do it smoothly
0: great let's I, it's so funny we're, we're diving into all the deep stuff then we'll go back to the horses in the book
1: okay. <laughs> but uh,
0: i know it's funny but i just i had to get to this because it's, it's so good It's awesome. And it's fun. fun. Right. And it's it's our lives. Um, Let's talk about that integration with the body and that feeling from the heart. And also, if you you have any how to's about how to be more effective in doing that, how to get to that heart of ours and to feel it and to live from there and to think from there.
1: Yeah, brilliant. The how to when I teach people and when I'm playing with it I keep it so kindergarten simple. Oh, because, you got
0: me then. That's where I live.
1: <laughs> okay. Whew, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because th- we just know the mind is going to complicate it anyway. Oh, yeah. Right? We can count on that, yep. right? Yep. So let's just keep the how-to so kindergarten simple that we can apply it anywhere. Okay? So the the how-to and the simplicity sounds to me like, okay, mind, watch the body. I actually teach that as a tool. Mind, watch the body. So as as simple as if you have a rock and you put a rock in your hand, maybe you carry a rock in your pocket. And when you really want to connect and feel this sense of, of authenticity, let's start in kindergarten and hold the rock in my hand and say, mind, watch the body. Mind, notice the sensation of my skin touching a rock. Mm-hmm. take and travel because even right there, watch how your mind is going to go. Oh yeah, that's mindfulness. I already know that. Give me something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Right. How many mm-hmm. people's minds have already decided mindfulness that is hard? done that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you know what? There's a reason why people teach it because it works. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if we're going to be in kindergarten about it, then mind travel down. And so play with me with this mm-hmm. mom, just take your yeah, awareness right. Yeah. Yeah. right to where your brain lives, okay? Because mm-hmm. there's this physical brain and a physical head. Let's start there. So take all of your awareness to where your brain lives and then take, travel with your awareness down through the head and neck. But watch mind, watch the body. Your body will provide you sensations that say, "Ooh, I feel you there. Mm-hmm. And, and just be aware of the sensations as you travel down. What changes in your body as you travel with your awareness down through the center of your head and neck? Just notice the changes, notice your body saying, oh yeah, I feel that, right? Down through to the the collarbone. And then travel through, yeah, there you go, through the inside Mm -hmm. of your body, out your shoulder, whichever shoulder you're playing with, whichever hand is holding the rock or what your pen or maybe even a ring on your finger is a great place to go. But travel through the inside of your body down the upper arm and watch as your body goes, Oh yeah, I feel you watch for the the change in the sensation of your body. It doesn't have to be this, some big scary thing. Your body will just communicate. Oh yeah, there you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And travel all the way down. Right to where the hand is touching the rock. Okay. Mind, watch the body. Okay, so now, just again, kindergarten simple. Does your hand and arm feel the same or different from when we started? Same or different? Different. Perfect. Right there, you just took yourself to a place of greater authenticity simply because you're acknowledging your physical body, saying, this is how it feels. That's kindergarten simple for embodying authenticity. Hmm. So if you want to, you can play now with traveling down your other arm, traveling all the way through your torso, traveling down each leg. You can travel. Maybe your body might start to say, oh, I have a tense muscle. Body, thank you for letting me know. Let's travel at the speed of sensations right to that muscle, and watch how that muscle says, oh, I feel you there. And let's let it be kindergarten simple as we start to give ourselves these experiences of authenticity. Authenticity is a word. It's terminology until you have experience of the sensation of it, until you feel it. And most people think they feel, but aren't moving at a pace or in a way where they actually are feeling. They're thinking they're feeling, but that's still thinking. (laughs) And so what we're playing with here, mind watch the body is a way to engage the mind rather than silence it because you know how well does that work it works great for little bits of time right and it's wonderful when we can get to this place that is a meditative state but you know i started asking how do my mind isn't going to get silenced right it keeps popping all it wants to do is help yep so i'm going to give it a way to help mind here's your job buddy watch the body we i want my mind to be my friend here's a job that actually helps and here's here's the step by step for how to do it right so what if you can feel that change in your body that's ha- that's your validation for the mind this is the information that tells our mind hey this was actually real my body said yep i felt that okay that's and it right there Let's just take a breath and let it be that simple for now. That's the kindergarten version. And I promise you it can go infinitely beyond that because what we just played with is the foundation of all healing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing. What we just played with at that level of just baby steps integration It brings your awareness, it brings your heart center, it brings your your divine presence right into and through your physical, which is, it's going to invoke healing in every dimension because any ailment, any, any disease you're dealing with, any disruption in your health on a very, very simple level is an absence of you. It's an absence of your divine essence. So, when you give yourself the experience of traveling into and through your physical body, you're bringing your divine essence, the purity of you, your heart center, the light that you are, you're bringing it right back into your physical expression. And your natural systems are designed to be nourished by that frequency and tone of your essence. And boom, you just reinvoked. The healing and regeneration of your body. But like I said, what we're doing right here is kindergarten baby steps. And there's just infinite creativity and ways to play with this. And and ultimately, this is what healers are doing um, through various modalities and, and different ways of focusing with it.
0: I hope I hope the listeners, I hope you listeners tried that because I had a really profound shift in something so very little and so very easy, and it, it really felt different. So, Beautiful. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I know I'm going all over the place a bit, but let's talk a little bit about the horses because yeah. when you come to the horses, you have a very different approach with them, non-domination, and it's letting them be themselves. And um, the story of your book, Cooper the Horse, uh, is a handful. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
1: he's two, two handfuls. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and you just let him be himself. And you, you've come to a relationship with him. However, it, it doesn't seem like, yeah, it's cool and I can ride him any time and he's going to do whatever I say because he's, he's not doing that. He's being himself all the time.
1: Yes, mm. absolutely. And I'm glad that you you see that. You know, people will ask me, "Well, what happened with Cooper? How did it end?" And the answer is is it it didn't end. Yeah. This yeah. is the rela this is what a relationship is. So, my approach with the horses is first and foremost to listen. Like I when I put myself in front of horses, I f- firstly tune into my own body rather than try to scan them, try to figure out what the problem is, try to figure out what tools to use. The first thing I do is tune into my own body Mm. because when I'm aware of myself, I will be available for the horse's subtle communications through body language, through energetic communications. I'll be more available to honor when they say yes or no to me. And horses Will calm down very, very quickly when they know you can hear them, when they can feel that you're listening. Because so often humans show up to work with horses with so many agendas that say, I have this equipment, I'm going to use this equipment, this is what Mm -hmm. this equipment does, here's where I'm going to, where we need to end up, you're going to do what I say, it's going to go like this. And for the horse, that just feels like pressure. Hmm. They feel like you're showing up with eight different battles that, you know, and they're they are forced to figure it out on their own how what to do about it. Now, the great thing about horses is they don't judge you. They just go, well, Okay, I wonder how this is going to (laughs) go. Right. And and a horse is receiving a person as if the person shows up saying this is who I am. The horse isn't looking into your past and saying, you know, this is how the this human developed their training techniques. Oh, they're certified. They must be, uh, you know, a good person to be with. No. Right in that moment, you walk up and the horse is listening to you communicating, I'm a human showing up and this is who I am. So if I show up conflicted, if I'm showing up with anxiety, then the horse goes, okay, This is a human and that human has anxiety. They don't judge you for it. They just simply adjust and respond to you by, you know, with behaviors and communication that tell you I'm a horse and this is how it feels to be me in this situation. Hmm. So the, the first thing I do is I listen to this horse telling me how it feels to be them in that situation. And once I'm listening I can feel the connection happen almost immediately because they feel me listening. And then from there, you know, I have lots of freedom to ask them to behave in a certain way and see how it goes. And and you we're starting to run out of time. Doggone it. And
0: <laughs> and you basically do get feedback and there is communication between you and the horse. In the book you mentioned, they communicate with pictures, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animals are, they, they communicate with one another and with us by sharing images of what life is like or where they're headed or what they want to tell you about. And um, they share images, but then they color in those images with senses and other information. And so it, we, we actually communicate that way with each other as well. We just are very dominated by this thing called language. But um, it's natural for humans to communicate with imagery and senses as well. Wow.
0: I have to read this quote in your book on um, domination and dominance. One of the quotes, there's, there's several that I find really, really so important, but this is, the power of dominance has a relatively short shelf life the expansive effects of empowering and facilitating each other's brilliance, however, we have only begun to explore. And, and that leads me to a topic we're not going to cover right now. You're going to have to come back. Is <laughs> a, a new paradigm and fifth-dimensional dimensional. living. Um, but this this whole thing with dominance, I mean, I grew up with it going to a Catholic school and, you know there's there's somebody better and you're going to be subservient and blah 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 but Mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't work and it doesn't work with the horses as well let me read a little bit more too this is just so wonderful power dominance and control have been used as the most immediately effective ways to survive and lead Perhaps the consciousness of humanity was not yet available to create another way, or perhaps humanity decided the fastest and most powerful approach to survival, to simply dominate others, was of the greatest value. In doing so, we perpetuated the perspective that is good to be a dominant force, which we learn every day it isn't. We see what we did to the original peoples of this country. It's, It's insane.
1: Yeah. I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's insane. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't perpetuate life. Dominance perpetuates itself.
0: Mm -hmm. More dominance. Yeah, because you always have to keep someone down.
1: Exactly. And then someone will struggle to rise to the top and then someone will try to beat them down. And then someone will rise to the top and someone will beat them Mm. down. So that isn't life. That is a system. Of control and let's not judge it let's just call it out for what it is and so many people have identified with that system to say this is who I am that I am you you know if if, uh, Catholicism is a system of dominance how many people identify and say I am a Catholic there's nothing wrong with that I'm not putting anything Mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. I mean you could say I am an economist right Economics is a system of domination as well, but economics doesn't support life, it supports itself and keeps itself going. So, perhaps now humanity has come to the point where we can see that these systems were created to organize people's thinking and organize societies, but life is something much grander than that yeah. life life is something that comes through each of us in our expression and as we find the heart and the courage and the the ways to shine light on each other's brilliance and be and provide systems that let the creativity be expressed we can start to see the natural system of harmony that's already in place where life perpetuates itself that's how when we start to see and feel where life perpetuates itself that's when we really can feel harmony with one another and with all of life and we the, the fear of being kind with one another the fear of actually feeling authentic begins to dissolve
0: Okay, we've got to end it there with Carrie Lake, but we're going to continue with part two of Carrie next week. So big thanks to my guest Carrie Lake and Erin T. Gibson, two engineers, Tony Ryan, Reggie Johnson, and to you. Thank you for listening. Lots of love, and later. With millions of people taking to the streets following the election of the Orange Man, A lot of pundits have been wondering if this is the rebirth of the protest movement in America. However, as WBAI listeners know, the counterculture never died, despite the efforts of those in power to silence it. Hi, my name is Earth Mom, and I'm the host of Morning Eclectic on Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. At WBAI, we keep it grassroots. We're powered by your generosity, not corporate interest. Please consider making a donation to this station. You can donate by going to our website, give2wbai.org, or pledge right now from your smartphone by texting the letters WBAI241444. And thank you for your support.
2: On Saturday, January 27th, from 3 to 7 p.m., join the Malcolm X Commoration Committee and the National Alumni Association of the Black Panther Party at the 22nd Annual Dinner, tribute to us held political prisoners and their families. This year, we are also honoring those who spread the word. Thank you, Naya Ardini, Basir Mchawi, Sally O'Brien, and Goma Hill, Salawazi Afi Olosulu for your work. That's Saturday, January 27th, from 3 to 7 p.m., at the Unitarian Church of All Souls, 1157 Lexington Avenue and 80th Street in Manhattan. For information and reservations, call 718 512 5008 or email mxcc519verizon.net. at All proceeds go to the commissary of our imprisoned freedom fighters. There was a song came on the radio, a guitar instrumental. And it changed everything. Link Ray, it's rock and roll.
0: Rumble. Yeah,
2: that's the one. Rumble.
0: Hey, Rumble.
2: Rumble had the power to help me say, I'm gonna be a musician. And then I found out that he was an Indian. The music that we know here in the United States is fully supported by input from Native and Indigenous people. Say, this is John Kane from WBAI's Let's Talk. Join me on January 31st at 7 p.m. at the Brooklyn Commons, 388 Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, as we kick off 2018 with a free screening of Rumble, the Indians who Rocked the world. Do you
1: believe in house?
2: House music makes you jack your body.
1: Stay tuned, Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m., for the Liquid Sound Lounge, supporting independent record labels, DJs, artists doing it for themselves on the Soulful Tip, that soul-infused grooves of all persuasions. With yours truly, Jeannie Hopper, and my co-hosts, Reggie Johnson and Steve Marshall. For more information, and to keep up on our upcoming events and more, go to... Liquid, sound,
0: loud.